Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to it. Fine Wednesday night. Sterling stepping in. Seismic shift in things. Reds playing day baseball. Day off tomorrow. I'll be back again after Lance gets another full show. World is upside down. Uh, speaking of upside down, a lot of ground to cover. Uh, and not long ago, Lance had his uh, social media, at least Twitter, hijacked. Uh, in a moment, uh, we'll talk to the CEO or the COO. He's the boss, James E. Lee from Identity Theft Resource Center. That in just a moment. Charlie Goldsmith from the Inquirer going to join us. We'll talk uh, Reds, Joey Votto, the rotator cuff, which just hearing about it ripped or, or torn hurts me and with sympathy pain. Uh, Bengals camp going on with Joe Burrow uh, throwing uh, the football a little bit today, as I understand it, with uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, so uh, that'll be coming up about 9.35. Space.com's Mike D. Wall, a lot of other stuff to, to get to. As I mentioned, uh, the idea of social media and uh, your account, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, whatever else that you're on, TikTok, you name it, Instagram, uh, apparently it's been a huge increase in, in the amount of hijacking that goes along with it, something that I hadn't really thought of. Usually you think, oh, I don't want to get my computer a, a sticky, icky virus scenario like a dating and having unprotected sex or something like that. But apparently uh, there are all issues with other people trying to not just get your bank accounts or maybe, a, you know, a heist something by a, a calling you and stealing your identity or, or getting you to agree to something and ripping you off that way. Apparently social media is a thing, too, in, in a big way, like a major increase in it uh, with some trends going along with it. And a guy who knows about all this stuff kind of if given some time on a wednesday sterling is the uh, identity theft resource center chief operating officer james e lee it's been a while since we've talked welcome back to 700 wlw how are you i'm doing great and it's always good to talk to you uh how how big how prolific is this problem uh, when it comes to social media stuff because a lot of people have you know, they probably have like a, an old MySpace account they don't even know about. I don't know if anybody has stolen my old one or whatever, but Twitter's a daily thing for a lot of people. TikTok's available for a lot of people on a daily basis using that. And Instagram and Pinterest, I mean, you name it. These are all either business sites or social media interaction sites. There's a lot of vulnerability. There sure is. You know, that's one of the things that uh, we issued a report today that looks at what are the, the trends. You know, we, we've never really reported on all of the, the conversations we have with victims who call us every day. So, you know, last year there were 15,000 people who, who contacted us because their identities were compromised in some way. And one of the things that we saw about this same time last year start, and that was this steady rise of people taking over, and when I say people, I mean criminals, taking over social media accounts. If we went back to 2020, there were only like 43 times in a year Somebody contacted the ITRC and said that my social media account has been taken over and I've lost something because of that. We've had 1,500 so far this year. So um, it is a big, big increase. Uh, and, it, 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 it's, it's, and it's costing people money. 
Uh, James E. Lee is Chief Operating Officer, Identity Theft Research, uh, Resource Center. Uh, it is idtheftcenter.org. Uh, I tweeted it out at Sterling Radio. It is my account. I don't believe it's been hijacked. Uh, when you say people are losing money, in a social media sense, how are people losing money there other than maybe someone maliciously sending out stuff that's not their tweets or not their photos or, or whatever? Where's the money loss coming there since these aren't necessarily commerce sites? That's that's one of the big changes. They are commerce sites now. And a lot of people use their social media site um, and their social media accounts. Maybe they're selling things. Um, maybe they're influencers who, who get endorsements. And so the most common form of this scam is you'll get a, a message from somebody you think is a friend. And they'll say something like, you know, hey, I, I know how you can make some money. I did this. Click on this link. And then you click on the link because it's from your friend. Well, now you've compromised your account. And not only have you compromised your account, everybody in your contact list, their accounts are going to be compromised too. And so if you're making money off of that account, maybe even a business account, if you're making money through that social media account, now the criminal has control and they're going to take that money. Or they're going to contact you and they're going to say, hey, I've taken over your account. Pay me $500, and I'll give you control back. And you give them $500, and you don't get the account back. Wow. Uh, or, I mean, they're, they're, and there are any number of other schemes. But it's, you know, what we're seeing now is about half the time, people are either losing money because they're losing revenue, or they're giving money to somebody in hopes of getting that control of that account back. And the sad reality is most of the time, you never get control of that social media account again. Now, someone had messaged me earlier as I was talking about having you on in this particular problem, and they were saying sometimes you may not even know they're in your account and you're still having access. Somehow they have been able to either clone your access point in some fashion or what have you. So they're doing things while you're doing things, and you might even not know until without them shutting you out necessarily. Is that is that accurate? And, and that's even almost scarier than just getting locked out and you got to maybe cancel an account. It can, it can be it can be it can happen that way. You can have an account account cloned, so it almost and they, it, it looked like you. It's a, you know they're acting as if they are you, and uh, unless uh, somebody comes back to you and says, "Hey, why why did you do that?" You may never know what they're doing on your behalf. Now that's rare, but it does happen. It's more common that they just take over your account. And they, they continue operating it as if they are you. And so they're trying to scam other people, and they're trying to, if you're selling something or you're an influencer and you're getting endorsements, they're just going to sit there and they're going to collect the revenue as it comes in. And you have to then try to go to whatever platform it is. And it's mainly Facebook, and, and it's really, really Instagram is where you see most of the problems. Um, you have to go work with Meta, and you have to get to convince them that no, no, I'm the real me, <laughs> and that's and that's been very difficult for most people to do. So invariably, they lose control of the account. Sometimes the account gets shut shut down, uh, and most of, mo most often they have to just start all over with a brand new account. What, what happens here, by the way? Uh, James E. Lee's the chief operating officer, Identity Theft Research Center, uh, idtheftcenter.org, uh, uh, with Sterling on the big one. You know, there are sites, I mentioned somewhat jokingly, but MySpace was a, a, a big thing for a while. And there is a whole lot of, if it's still out there, there's dormant accounts. 
and people don't pay attention. I don't know who the hell's using that, but someone's out there still involved in that. Uh, people may not be getting on Facebook as regularly as they once did. Whatever it is, lifestyle changes, whether it's their business or whether it's not, aside from the usual, you know, don't click on links from people you don't know or links you can't identify, go to the site if you're aware of it. We've discussed these type of things before. If you have an account that's dormant, and, and I've had this with, say, with Facebook, where I hadn't been there in forever, I can't even get into my account uh, and, and having to you know, prove who I am to get the credentials reset and so forth. What happens if you're in a situation like that? Because, I mean, that can go on for an extended period of time, and it could be an image issue. Your brand could be damaged. Even though you're not doing commerce there, you go to look for a job. You're looking for a promotion. They scan social media. They, they do a search on you, and then they find that there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. What do you do in that situation? Well, that's a, it's, a, it's a great point, and it, it's, it shows that all of us need to be very diligent about um, keeping track of those credentials. If we're through with an account, get rid of it. Go go to the platform. Go to Meta. Go to Twitter. Go to LinkedIn. Tell them, shut it down uh, and, 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 and get rid of it. Because what we're seeing today, more often than not, in the identity theft world is identity scams, where people are pretending to be you. And they're, they may not be scamming you directly, but they're using your information to uh, perpetrate crimes. Maybe they're setting up accounts at an unemployment agency in a state where you don't live. Maybe they've opened up bank accounts to hide that money. They've opened up credit cards using your credentials, and you won't know about it for quite a while, if ever in some cases, until somebody comes along and says, hey, uh, you took out a loan you have to pay us back. Or, hey, you've got unemployment benefits in a state where you don't live. You owe taxes on that money. That was a and big thing. I'm sorry to interrupt. That, that, was a, that, that was a big thing during the, the pandemic, and you had dollars coming from the government as well as unemployment dollars government-wise to help people who had lost money, business opportunities, whatever, because of shutdowns. I, I, I can think of three, four people I know directly who had accounts either set up in Ohio, Indiana, or Kentucky, out of state, where they were not the person who was involved whatsoever, and they were having you know unemployment benefits heisted from them. Do we have any idea? I know that you talk on, on the website in, uh, leading up to this, uh, James, that it was like an 88% increase in unemployment benefits and identity fraud. Uh, where do those dollars go, and is it possible that an individual could be responsible for recouping those if they can't prove it wasn't them? It's highly unlikely that they would they, uh, that they would be required to do that. They're going to have to take some steps. Uh, you're going to have to work with the state unemployment agency, and it's probably a state where you don't live. You're going to have to work with the state tax authority, and you're going to have to work with the IRS um, because <laughs> you don't owe you, you don't owe money on, on on income you didn't earn. And they're actually aware of this, so they're they're actually ready to help in those circumstances. But there are things that you have to do. Here's the thing, though. It's not done. We think that this all ended with the pandemic and when the extra benefits went away. We're still seeing hundreds of cases um, of unemployment fraud using stolen identities. It still happens all the time uh, now because the bad guys have figured out how to make it an automated process. So for them, it's the law of big numbers. They may apply a thousand times, may only get money a hundred times, but that's a hundred times more than they had before. Um, so we're still seeing very high levels of 
of uh, this unemployment benefit fraud, and it's creeping over into other government kinds of programs, small business loans, income tax fraud is making a comeback. So all these things the bad guys have figured out, we've got all the data in the world to pretend to be anybody, so we can make money off of somebody's identity without ever involving the person whose identity we stole. We'll just go get money from somebody else. That's brutal, bad. And I've also had a neighbor telling me that someone had done that even with one of their minor children who's like an elementary school kid where they had created somehow an account involved with them and was somehow getting money moved around. And they only found out when it came to creditors who were saying they were delinquent in certain issues. And then, you, I mean, you got a kid whose credit's ruined before they're even, they're not even in eighth grade yet. I mean, that's, that's bewildering. Yeah, and, and that's why one of the things we do, we tell people now, is for all of these issues, because there is so much uh, identity fraud right now, there's just certain things everybody needs to do. Start with freeze your credit and freeze your children's credit. Because uh, with a child, just like your neighbor, that can take decades to find out that it's been going on. It's usually when they apply for college or for that financial aid to get into college or their first job. That's when you find out that, oh, my God, for the last 12 years, they've been working somewhere and they've got a, they, their Social Security number has income attached to it, a work history attached to it. And that all has to be undone. But if you freeze your child's credit now when they're, when they're young, then you don't have to worry about those things happening. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have to clean that up when they get older. Yeah, they, so freeze your credit, freeze your children's credit. It's a sticky wicket to have to navigate, especially just starting out, maybe getting your first job. Like you mentioned, when you're dealing with college stuff or whatever else, life's busy enough at that point. IDtheftcenter.org is the webpage. So we discussed some of the problems and some of the basics of preventing issues or, or to get out of it. But you're a nonprofit organization. That's what you do. James E. Lee's the COO with Sterling on the big one. And uh, IDtheftcenter.org, the webpage, right on the front window, uh, front page here, you got prevent recover and protect can you explain what people can do with that resource and what you do at id theft resource center yeah the main thing i want to emphasize to everybody is we're free <laughs> you pay, excuse me you pay us nothing so all the services that we offer to individuals are free to individuals how do you get so paid because have- immediately that almost sounds too good to be true i'm going to have to ask <laughs> yeah um yeah and we've been doing it for 22 years um uh, our income comes from government grants, uh, primarily from the Department of Justice, the Office of Victims of Crime. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. So that we get funding from there, 
And we have organizations who, uh, companies and, and, and other organizations that will uh, give us uh, grants as well. And then we also have, for businesses, we have services that we, we charge so that they can offer uh, education, uh, training for their employees. We do research on specific issues that people, uh, we, on a custom basis, so they pay us to do their research. But that those three things you just you just mentioned there, um, the prevent part is you can come to us and we have a, a, a repository of information online that if there's a, an issue that you're concerned about, you can come to our help center. And if it's not there already for you to look at online, all you have to do is click on the button that you're going to see about halfway up your screen on the right, where you can chat live with one of our experts because we have a contact center of experts who their only job is to help people who are the victim of an identity crime or they're there to help people, uh, you know, prevent them from becoming a victim of an identity crime. So that's all they do every day. And we're there, you know, uh, five days a week. Don't work on the weekends, don't have overnight, but we've got a chat bot. So if you, if you can only contact us overnight, you can, you can now, you know, talk with our chat bot and we will contact you as a follow-up. A live human being will call you and talk to you for as long as you want to talk, we're not a contact center where there's a timer running. If you, if it takes you an hour to explain what happened to you, and and all our people are trauma informed, trained, so they're there to listen to not just the financial impact of what happened to you, but what happened to you emotionally, what happened to you physically, what happened to a lost opportunity because this identity crime occurred. We're trained to help you deal with all of those things. And if it, if it takes one call or it takes a hundred calls, doesn't matter to us. We're going to be there to help you deal with all the effects of this. We're going to help you do it yourself because we can't always do things for you, but we will always work out a very specific plan for you that's custom to you, custom to your circumstance, and we will help you as long as it takes to work all those things out. Good to know. Uh, what have I not asked in about 30 seconds to a minute uh, that you think is relevant to this conversation when it comes to social media hijacking, uh, uh, benefits where people have signed up for stuff that's not actually you, they've cloned your identity, and, and uh, you're in, you know, behind the eight ball? Yeah, I think the thing that most people need to do is take this moment and think about all the stuff they post online. How can that information be used against them if somebody else got a hold of it? Um, and just to be extra diligent now, because now you know that social media accounts can be taken over. And we know not to click on links, but we think, okay, it's my friend. I can click on that, right? No, even your friends, you have to, you have to question. They're your friend. Pick up the phone and call them. Ask, did you just really say that I should invest in cryptocurrency? Uh, so be extra cautious, and it's always easier to prevent an identity crime from happening than cleaning it up later. Good talking to you. Good uh, information. As always, I appreciate what you do, and uh, we'll look to you again, hopefully. It's very scary. It's bad enough that you got to worry about catching other stuff outside roaming the earth in person. Uh, you know, this, you don't even have to do anything, and you can be in a world of hurt. Uh, Chief Operating Officer James E. Lee, Identity Theft Resource, uh, Resource Center, idtheftcenter.org. Thanks very much for your time. Take care of yourself, sir. Uh, thank you very much, and you do the same. All right, always good to talk to you. Quick break, come back. Your 930 report straight away. We're going to talk uh, Bengals. We'll talk Reds, Joey Votto, Joe Burrow at the Hootie, and uh, more. Charlie Goldsmith from the Inquirer joins me on the other side here. Uh, News Radio 700 WLW. The Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Super Bowl 50.
56. Your AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. What a throw by Joe Burrow. High stepping into the end zone. Joe Mixon. How great is Jamar Chase. Prepare for another Super Bowl run. Yeah. Yeah. Good. During training camp, and we've got it covered. Off the nails. Bam, bam, bam. 700 WLW, the home of the best Bengals coverage. Homeowners and buyers, listen up. Loan Pronto has 30-year fixed rates with APRs in the fours. Only hanging out, fine Wednesday night, 700 WLW. Oh, Warren Zevon. He was right, enjoy every damn sandwich. He's gone now. Anyway, uh, a good bit of ground to cover. We'll go to space. Well, I mean, not really. I'm not leaving the studio with the window into a hallway. Elliot producing the show, but we'll talk to Space.com's uh, boss, Mike D. Wall, uh, about uh, well, China launching some new solid rocket deal, uh, that, that new uh, Artemis One mega rocket that's going to be headed to the moon and so much other stuff. That coming up about 1035. In the meantime, uh, we got Charlie Goldsmith uh, from the Inquirer. He, he uh, wears many hats. I don't know if he has that new red uh, truck and straw hat that's going to be coming out soon. I like guess September 3rd big giveaway i don't have one but i'm going to be getting one i hope uh but uh, charlie goldsmith how are you welcome back to 700 wlw with sterling you're everywhere all the time you're out of control hello charlie uh-oh we're having i don't know he's in a he's in a bad cell i don't know charlie or, or, i can hear you loud and clear oh i can hear you now that's a beautiful thing for a minute i thought we were going to have to like go in search of like the dead leonard nimoy like an x-file i was very worried uh, maybe you were lost at a uh, paycor stadium i know you were there earlier uh and then of course you cover the reds uh, you're okay though everything's fine i'm good how about you <laughs> i'm fine <laughs> Let, let's immediately start with uh reds on getaway day uh, they beat the Phillies one nothing today, so they salvage one out of that uh, series, and then uh, they're off to the Berg, as I like to call it, home of Scrapple and, and more PNC Park. They'll be taking on the Pirates uh, in their place in Pittsburgh for the weekend after a Thursday night off, uh, and day off for that matter. Uh, Joey Votto, uh, pretty big news after the game, comes out and talks about a rotator cuff tear. Now, I had a rotator cuff injury. I immediately got sympathy paid. I remember waking up when I, I felt that misery, and, and I couldn't do anything. He's been playing for how long with this injury nagging him? Do we know for sure? He said, really, it all dates back to a collision at first base in 2015. He said he's had different strategies since then to keep the strength, to keep the consistency, to keep the power. And obviously, if you look at from 2015 through 2021, he's had stretches and long stretches where he's been one of the best hitters in baseball. But in 2022, it's been the toughest year of his career. The line that stuck with me is how Votto said that, you know, he he felt it when he was sleeping and he had trouble sleeping because of it. Yep. It was harder for him to make adjustments. And now in the longest on-baseless streak of, uh, streak of his career, he reached the point where he said, all right, and multiple doctors as well said, it's time you need to get the surgery. And that's how we reached this point. It's a, it's a serious thing. And I remember that's how I found out that I had the rotator cuff problem is I woke up and felt like somebody was trying to like knife my shoulder off at the joint there like they were cleaning or, you know, and boning a chicken, which is not good. Um, so he's dealt with this off and on in some fashion for some seven years before finally, you know, to the point where we're not being able to function as you'd like. But it's amazing that he was performing at that level and trying to adapt it to the circumstance. Um, surgery, you said, is, is that right? Expected, was it Friday, perhaps? 
that's the expectation. And Vado today was speaking about a six-month recovery process that would put him on track to be ready for the start of spring training next season. There you go. And uh, he's still obviously under contract. They owe him a good bit of money. Uh, I heard during the press conference, I watched a little of that this afternoon, um, uh, apparently, you know, the question about like, is it over or not over is what some people are saying, even on social media. I, I mean, even the level that he's been playing on, uh, last year, obviously was something special. This year has been struggling. I mean, there's no doubt that with a successful outcome of the surgery, he should be able to get back to it and hopefully ready for spring to perform at, at a level better than most humans. We would think yes or no. That's the expectation. I think that's where Joey Votto's focus is as well. You know, he, I've had some interesting conversations with him about the pride he takes in in making the Reds' investment in him that they made uh, eight years or nine years ago, ten years ago now in 2012. He takes a lot of pride in making sure he's doing his part of that deal. He takes a lot of pride in now completing that deal, as last year would be the last year that he would be guaranteed under that contract. That really means a lot to Votto, and it's a reason I think retirement is not likely at this point because how much Votto has spoken about the fact that he really takes pride in now reaching the end of this huge pact he signed in 2012. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly at this point looking to be a Hall of Famer, uh, not just downtown at GABP there, uh, but in Cooperstown, one would think, and certainly we wish him the best to get through that. Uh, it's got to be a tough thing. Uh, Charlie Goldsmith uh, covers the Reds uh, for the Inquirer as well as the Bengals. Uh, before we shift to uh, Who Day Speak and Joe Burrow and uh, his appendix. Oh, oh my God. I'm a, uh, 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 Elliot's lost his mind. Hey, okay, all right, all right, put the tiger back. Uh, it almost sounded like a hippo sound. I was very confused by that, uh, Charlie, I'm sorry. Uh, very disconcerting. Uh, we'll talk about the appendix. There was news there that we didn't know also uh, about his injury that uh, just sort of uh, came out today which is pretty interesting but before we get to that uh looking at these reds moving ahead this obviously full-on teardown and youth movement kind of scenario uh do we know how they're going to address the situation with Votto being gone the rest of the way out i, I mean there's still a good bit of baseball to be played in, in the midst of what has been a, a painful one when it comes to wins and losses especially uh, the month of April where they were three for April. <laughs> the rest of the way, they've been a little bit better. But uh, since the trade deadline, obviously, and all those moves, they, they have uh, struggled mightily. So, as you asked about replacing Votto at first base, I think in the short term, Mike Moustakis is the most likely candidate. He's been hitting. He's been making really positive progress from a calf injury, and he's very close to returning. But kind of, as you mentioned, the youth movement, uh, a prospect in AAA who they got back as the centerpiece from the Tyler Malley deal. A lookout for infielder Spencer Spear between now and the end of the year. Obviously, unfortunately, Votto is injured and won't be able to fill those at-bats in the middle of the red lineup. It does create an opportunity in the infield. And I honestly would expect at some point between now and the end of September, Spear to kind of be someone who could step up into some opportunities in the infield and start to show what he could do in the major league level. Uh, what should we know uh, about these Reds right now that's in your mind uh, looking at them? We, we saw, obviously, Barrero get a, a game-winning walk-off kind of uh, scenario, uh, something else under his belt as he's tried to find his bat after coming on strong uh, You know, when he first came back up. Um, what else do we need to know before we shift to Bengal speak? Yeah, I mean, this rest of the season is, as you mentioned, about the youth movement, figuring out who the pillars that are going to be on the next contending Reds team are. So I've got my focus on India, Barrero, 
you know, maybe one last chance for Aquino, an important stretch for Senzel, and then the trio of standout rookie starting pitchers, one of whom, Nick Lodolo, had his most dominant game of his career today. Yeah, it was huge. Uh, you know, a playoff contending team, the Phillies, uh, at this point, uh, and, and basically shut them out, uh, which is pretty impressive. Lodolo's been great. Ashcraft, I think, gets the start on, on uh, Friday, if I'm not mistaken. And he's been, man, what, what a fun guy to watch. And, and, and how surprised have people been about Ashcraft and his performance at this point? I mean, like you said, these three guys that they've had uh, that are kids effectively coming out here and really showing some good work. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Green was a first-round pick. Ladola was a first-round pick, but... Ashcraft was a guy who had to transfer because his first two years of college, he couldn't get a shot in the rotation, then dealt with injuries, then had like a six ERA UAB, then had to miss 2020 because of the pandemic and had a really breakthrough year in the minors last year. And he comes up in the majors this year and is in a lot of ways going toe for toe with, uh, with green and Lodolo. And there's a lot to like about a really unique sinker and a really unique cutter he brings to the table. And Diaz uh, certainly looked pretty strong uh, today and uh, just in general has overall coming out of the bullpen too, which they've had their struggles there, but little bit by little bit. But it, it, it's hard to watch, but you got to sort of just have your mind right and set on what they're actually doing. Charlie Goldsmith uh, covers threads for the uh, for the Inquirer, also the Bengals. I heard you talking to, to Ed and uh, in for uh, Rock earlier, Jason. Uh, you were hanging out by the elevators, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there was some big conversation and, and news sort of came out in, in general Burrow uh, talking to the media about the fact that it wasn't just an appendectomy, but he had a ruptured appendix. That, that's a, a pretty significant issue beyond just having that thing locked out of there. Uh, how is he doing? I, he was throwing the ball, I think, with Jamar T- Chase a, bit, a little bit today, too. Well, he's good now, but what was really interesting for him to, to hear him speak about was how much weight he lost. Yep. And now one of his biggest focuses now is rebuilding that weight rebuilding that strength. He threw the ball great today. And, you know, I think this is the best practice I've ever seen from Jamar Chase and Burrow together with that connection. But still, he specifically said he needs to add more velocity to his passes. He's still in the process of ramping up and returning to the full quarterback he believes he can be. Uh, But overall, today was a positive sign. If this this was just a baseline for what the Bengals can expect, explosive plays-wise from Joe Burrow, it certainly was a good start. Uh, 20 pounds to gain, uh, I think, is what he was saying, right? And he's eating everything, which I would say there'd be a whole lot of that uh, burro steak and, and maybe some graters and, and, and maybe some getta. God only no everything. Uh, 20 pounds, that's a lot of weight. And, and you mentioned also, when you think about the core in the midsection and throwing the football and being able to get some distance and some speed on it, uh, that's everything in, in your midsection where that surgery took place. So, I mean, it's amazing that he's where he is now and hopefully i mean getting to to where he needs to be to start the season we don't expect him to to get any play time during the rest of the the preseason correct i don't expect anything in the preseason but he's going to get something i think even more important the rams are coming to coming to town for practice next week they're going to be able to work on very specific situations at full speed against the Rams' best players which you wouldn't be seeing in the preseason 
So I think the Bengals are really targeting those as a massive opportunity for Burrow to get all the game-like reps he needs between now and the start of the season. Uh, he covers the Reds and the Hude Bengals uh, for the Inquirer. Charlie Goldsmith with Sterling on the big one. What else should we know about the Bengals at this point? Uh, I mean, wins and losses for preseason don't matter, but you hate to see a team lose. Uh, they got, uh, what, two more uh, preseason games uh, before it gets real uh, with uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and they've got the, the, the Rams uh, with a little bit of a face-off here, like you said, next week. So what have I not asked? What else matters? I mean, it's one of these times now where like, the whole world is watching you know, this AFC championship defending you know, Super Bowl uh, contending team trying to find their way back. And, and, and there's a bit of drama, obviously, with a burst appendix and, and seeing the maturation of a Jamar Chase, which Burrow talked about, uh, and some other stuff going on, obviously, too. Yeah, my focus right now, every rep in practice, is who's lining up at left guard. It's a fascinating competition between Jackson Carmen, the former second-round pick, the Cincinnati guy who has every physical tool in the book, and Cordell Volson, a fourth-round pick from small school, North Dakota State, who the coaches have admitted doesn't really have those same physical traits but makes up for it with his tenaciousness and the way he's understanding and picking up different complexities in the offense and the way he didn't look lost in the preseason game in a way that kind of Jackson Carmen did. They've sent Carmen a message this week by demoting him to some third string reps in mm. and out with the first team, but mostly third string, giving Volson every opportunity to become the starting left guard. And that's really just shifted this week as the Bengals really want to see more from Carmen, a guy who at one point they thought would be one of their biggest solutions on the interior offensive line. It's always interesting to see the rising and, and falling of guys. Have, you know, good uh, you know uh, training uh, and not so good and injuries and, and everything else. Sort of you know, guys showing themselves that they didn't necessarily expect from places you wouldn't necessarily expect either uh, to end up being a you know a dominant force on, on a team that looks to to contend obviously uh, for the AC uh, championship again and certainly the AFC North, uh, one of the toughest in, in football. Uh, Bengals on the road. At the, the New York football giants, people will be taking that train in, uh, passing Long Branch Station and everything else on Sunday night on the NFL Network and here on the big one. Uh, are you going to that game, and what is it like for you on the road covering the Bengals? Final question. I will be there. My plan for New York this week, actually, is to not set foot in the city of New York. I love New York. I'll visit friends there multiple times a year. But the game's in New Jersey. Yep. I'm going to give myself a not-New York weekend. There's a nice Italian spot in Jersey City that I'm planning to go to. But I'll have more chances to go to New York, not necessarily on a work trip. And I'll plan to spend more time in the city. There you go. I remember uh, vacationing in the Jersey area, and it was a, a football Sunday, and the crowd taking the train up into you know the Meadowlands area it was just just amazing. They weren't out of control in a bad way, but it, it was definitely a different vibe because it, it was unexpected as we were headed off to the beach to go have a good time and have some drinks of our own. So have fun. I hope to talk to you again soon. I appreciate you doing what you do and giving time for us here as well. All right, he's Charlie Goldsmith uh, from the Inquirer, covering the Reds and the Bengals. Sterling, uh, coming back more, 700 WLW. People have always craved entertainment. During the French Revolution, the masses enjoyed an afternoon of guillotining the wealthy. Ouch! The grimy, toothless, wine-soaked hordes would cheer with each fall of the blade. Ouch! Today, we have something better. Eddie Fingers and Rocky Boyman. They're very entertaining. And rich people have nothing to fear. Eddie and Rocky, tomorrow afternoon at 3 on 700 WLW.
I'm Dr. James Wright at Wright Dental Center. You're thinking, where are the Reds? Well, you should have been listening earlier. Getaway day. One nothing win. Great American ballpark. News about Joey Votto, torn rotator cuff. More on that in a bit. They got a trip to Pittsburgh. Start a weekend series Friday. DNC Park against those Pirates. I'll have inside pitch Saturday and Sunday afternoon. In the meantime, good bit of ground to cover tonight. We'll talk to Space.com's Mike D. Wall about China and their launch of another uh, solid rocket called the Smart Dragon 3. Plus a solar burst and a hole in the sun. It could be a geomagnetic storm here on Earth. And I got a neighbor. I got two things to, to tie in with neighbors. So actually, it's the third mention of neighbors. Because here's the thing. I, I'm in the neighborhood a lot. I'm walking the dog. I'm hanging out. I work from home a lot of the time when I'm not here. Even when I'm prepping for like show stuff, it's all interrelated. Life is show prep. Uh, it really is. Explain that to the girls. Uh, but it's true. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, when I was a little kid, uh, I, I remember... My grandmother, who always said that fibbing was a bad thing. Uh, and I, I feel bad mentioning this, but she's been gone a while, and I think she'd get a chuckle out of it. Um, he, here's the thing. She, I remember, made like a pancakes for me, and uh, they were on the grill or whatever, the griddle thing. A little bit too long, a little bit a little bit dark, you know what I mean? A little bit uh, crusty. And, and I like it, and, and whatever, and I, I said they were good. Right. And, and there was no problem with them. And I appreciated her making it. And it was Grandma Betty. And that's the way it is. And then a little bit later, there was a problem at the house of Sterling when I w- was there. And, and mom made something. And, and I uh, complained about something she made. And she was like, what the hell is going on? You, you complain about what I did, but not about your grandmother's burnt pancakes. And I said, but it's grandma. And I didn't want to hurt her feelings. And sometimes, you, as she would say, you fib to not hurt feelings. And I didn't want to hurt her feelings. And I ate all the pancakes, and I just added some syrup and some extra butter, sucked it up and dealt with it, and they were good because she made them, and it came from her heart. And once in a while in life, or maybe more than once in a while, like when the, the wife or the girlfriend or whoever you're with at some point says, hey, how do these pants make my backside look? And I go, yeah, yeah your ass looks good. Uh, or, you know, does it make my butt look big? No, baby, it looks fine. Sometimes you got to lie. Sometimes you got to maybe just like, you know, a little bit around the edges. Maybe maybe a lying by omission, right? You don't necessarily say everything there is to say, and, and that can be misinformation or disinformation in some fashion. I should be careful using those terminologies in, in the world we're living in now, but hear me out. So there's a research study that's been done about Americans in general. And uh, 2,000 U.S. adults were uh, talked about, polled, and they asked them many questions. And they say the average person tells four lies a day. And I started thinking about it earlier today. A neighbor, food-related also, asked me, they were cooking out some stuff before I came here, and said, hey, check this out, try it. And I was like, yeah, it's not bad. It wasn't good. It was arguably bad. But I said it wasn't bad. Because I didn't want to go, hey, this tastes like, you know, the stuff that I pick up. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I have. if you have a dog and, and you pick up after him, you carry these things around. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just that side and needing one of those crap bags. Uh, but, but I didn't want to hurt feelings. And, and maybe it was going to get better. Uh, they were, you know, 
hollered at me while I, I was walking the dog, ironically. So, uh, and I started thinking about it. What else do we lie about? So th- this is my question. Uh, and I'll go through some of the stuff here. Say a quarter of people, 24% say they think that they can actually tell a lie and, and, uh, and what they say have an excellent poker face. 37% of people think that they're good at lying, generally speaking, or as this, the poll says, pulling the wool over the eyes of others. Less than 1 in 20, that's 3%, feel they have a terrible poker face. My problem is I'm too honest. I've been told this before. I, I just blurt out. It's like I, I'm, you know what I mean? It's, it's just that side. I don't know if it would be autistic I, I have no filter. This job contributes to that over the years because you want to you say what's on your mind. You got and you, you, as long as you keep uh, you know clean for radio, right? You, you want to say things that you feel that are viscerally effective that people can relate to and hopefully engage in some conversation as we try to make sense of this world we're living in or make fun of it. As I like to do a little of all of that, right? So, but in general, the problem that I've had is that. I'm too honest and shouldn't say things that, you know, or should maybe lie a little bit. And that's a weird thing. But I've been told you, you could, you know, you it wouldn't hurt you to lie a little bit. And I was raised not to lie. And it's just one of those things. But we all do a little bit here and there to not hurt feelings, to try to avoid conflict, to not get in trouble, whatever else it is. And certainly there's been a lot of that in the news and discussions of that over some period of time. We don't need to go into the world of politics. But I want to open up the phones and I want to ask you a question. And I'm going to go through a little bit more of this research study. I want to know if you think you can tell when someone is lying and how. I want to know if when you lie, if you lie, all of us lie if you're honest. Don't lie and say you don't lie because we all do. If other people can tell or what your tell is, sometimes it's physical. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A movement? Think about playing poker. Think about your little kid, your child, or when you were little, or when they're trying to deceive and, and not necessarily tell you the whole story or who broke this or how did this happen, where did this mess come from, whatever it is, and how they try to keep it from you and deceive you in some fashion. I want to know what you last lied about. I told you mine. I want, I want to hear yours. The last thing that you lied about. 513-749-7000. the big one. At Sterling Radio on Twitter. You can get interactive that way. And uh, we'll maybe dip into the iHeartRadio app and maybe you're uh, listening and streaming there. The talk back. Uh, just click on the microphone. You can uh, leave your comments there as well. Uh, it's, it's one of those things in life. That, that people do. Uh, and as I said, not to, to hurt feelings. People in business do it all the time. They stretch the truth, you know, uh, it, whether to get a job, to, to get an employee to do what you want, whatever it is, th- this is stuff that happens. If you work in customer service and someone's dealing with returns, the stuff that you will hear uh, is unbelievable uh, sometimes about how something broke. And you're like, there's no possible way this happened or, or whatever it is that goes along with it. 
in, in the game of poker is all about deception and misrepresentation and arguably lying and working people. And, and I, I like to play cards a little bit. I like trying to read people. Sometimes you can tell by their voice. Sometimes you can tell by their movements, how they hold themselves, how they're breathing, their shifting of their eyes. Sometimes people go, oh, well, you know, they won't make direct eye contact. Or they overcompensate, supposedly. And you can talk to, you know, someone who deals with uh, lie detection. And I don't mean like the, you know, the thing where they put it on your finger and check sweating and breathing and everything. But, you know, uh, different movements and and stuff to go along with it. And and maybe they'll try to, to keep more eye contact to make you think that they're being truthful. Right? What's the last lie you told? The biggest lie you told. Hell, they had a whole TV show called Cheaters. Aside from lawsuits and, and, and injuries and conflict physically, there was a whole lot of lying going on there. Sometimes we lie to ourselves. That's probably the worst lie I would think that there is, where you, you can't even be self-aware enough to know who you are and how you're living and so forth. And, and that's a bad situation. 513-749-7800, the big one, to Frankfurt and Debbie with Sterling on the big one. What's the last lie you told, Debbie? About 10 seconds ago, I told your guy that answered the phone that I wanted to talk to you about the biggest lie. When the truth is, I want to know what's the deal with Mike McConnell. Why aren't they saying where is he going? But they, they never do anything like this. And that's the only way I could get on to find out was I lied and said I was telling a lie. What do you mean? Where is he going? Where is he? Well, do people take time off. Well, I know what they always say. He always said they say they're doing this or they're doing. I'm just very, very worried because he's just not there, and they never allude to him or anything. Well, I, I realize you want to have him with you every morning, but I, I mean, at some point, somebody's <laughs> got to take some time. I, I mean, you wake up, he's there, oh, you get oh, you yeah, where you're but, going. I'm, but whoever's covering for him, they'll say this is like Dan Carroll, and I'm here. I'm here for Mike. Right. He's on a cruise. He's doing a. I was just worried, and I, I googled it, and I couldn't find so, anything anywhere. So. Ellen, when I had a chance to lie. Yeah. I just, so you, so I the lied. last lie you told was lying to Elliot, who was screening calls. And all I can tell, I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I haven't talked to Mike directly in a little while. My guess is he's fine. And sometimes you just don't tell people what you're doing when you're not here because it's not everybody's business all the time. Or if it's in my case, I share way too much stuff. As I'm told on an all too regular basis, ask, ask more than one of my exes, and they'll gladly tell you that. I should probably <laughs> shut the hell up on occasion about what's going on, for that uh, matter. Uh, now, Elliot's okay. hurt. My question is, uh, how often do, do you think you lie? Are you on average four times today? Did you do uh, three other lies after uh, b- earlier before lying to Elliot and, and worried about Mike McConnell and his well-being and location <laughs> at any point? We don't have him chipped like in a GPS like your phone. or, or any, I mean, that would be intrusive. iHeartRadio would like to. He, You know, hell, it's, it's his fault that I'm here, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, I don't know where my yeah, is. Right. Now Which I'm now I'm they, concerned. He, he always, where in the hell? He always it, tells you. Yeah. Well, he'll probably tell you when he gets back. There's a movie called that or a book, right? Where in the hell is so and so? I can't remember, but right. anyway. And then there when was the, where oh, is sure, Waldo? Right. I tell little white lies all day long. Right. Now, what what, what is like the biggest lie you think you've ever told? Well, uh, you know, you could get into the. No, I'm not going to go. The check is in the mail and the other two that go with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And other small lies? What about three small lies today? Give me one of those other ones. 
um, I'll get back with you this afternoon <laughs> to a, a, cust- a customer. Oh, wow. So you, um, now did you know when you said it that you weren't going to get back, or did it turn out that you just didn't have time? No, I knew. Wow. Why didn't you just I say, hey, I'll I get, would not have time. I'll get you back to you tomorrow. Why did you lie? See, sometimes it's like you can't even help it. Sometimes we tell really weird lies. Like people <laughs> are like, hey, did you see this movie? You go, oh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I haven't seen that movie. Why would I lie about a movie that I haven't seen? It makes no sense. Well, I ask me why I don't tell bigger lies. Well, why don't because, you tell bigger lies? Because physically my body reacts and red just starts creeping up my neck That's your toward my face. The small lies you don't terrible. tell, but the big lie you turn red. No, like no. A, yeah. Yes, I, I just turn red, so I can't do it. All right. Well, I appreciate you sharing and telling us that. Elliot will hopefully recover from your lie, and I'm sure that if McConnell's listening, he's happy to know that, Debbie, you are concerned about his well-being and his location at any particular morning. Hopefully he'll let you know where he is when he gets back, or where he was, actually. Okay. That would be cool. Maybe he's just sleeping late. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you. I I do my best, Debbie. Thank you. Quick break. We'll come back, and I'll try not to lie anymore today. Although maybe we'll see. Maybe we can have a fun with, like, a lie as well. Coming up, 1035, MikeDWallSpace.com. What's the biggest lie you've ever told, and what was the last lie that you told? Do you think people can tell when you lie? Debbie turns red. I remember as a little kid doing that. When you break something or you do something and you know that there's no way in hell you're going to be able to get out of it, you can't fix it, you can't hide it, you know that you're doomed. And you and I was always told, and, and I've learned this to be the case, and it's also been to my detriment where I'm too honest, I also try to get in front of stuff rather than avoiding it. I'd like to get it over with. It's like rip the Band-Aid off while you can before hell happens. It's Wednesday Sterling, 749-7800, the big one, 700-WLW. Hey, it's your old buddy, Scott Sloan. Look, I don't know if you realize this, but we use the latest analytics and research to make sure you love listening to my show. According to the numbers, you can't always listen to the entire thing. Luckily, we have a solution. If for some reason you miss part of my show, you can catch the podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Your AFC Sterling hanging out fine Wednesday night, 700 WLW. I think I'm fairly regular. See, it got me thinking that it's... That's a callback to what you just heard. If you didn't get it, get it. Uh, what a great song. Sorry, just grooving to the Alabama Shakes, which I think aren't anymore. I, I think they, like, split up. Uh, anyway, uh, glad you're here. Good bit of ground to cover. Uh, Space.com's Mike DeWall, always kind enough to give us some time. He's uh, Well, he's actually Dr. Mike DeWall. And, and, and I, I, you, you know, lately I've had a few people... I find out I haven't been addressing them as I should, and no one's either been bothered by it or felt comfortable enough to tell me that I was incorrect. Mike D. Wall, should I call you Dr. Mike Wall, or or should I just call you the boss at Space.com? I want to make sure that I'm on the right page with you as we try to figure out what the hell is going on way up there off terra firma. No, definitely don't call me a doctor. Just call me Mike. That's that's the best way to do it. You know, a lot of people who are doctors, though, they have a big thing. They're like, you know, I'm a doctor. You better address me appropriately. Why do you not have that big kind of like feeling? You seem like down to earth, which is funny for a space guy. Well, well, I'm just not. Yeah, like I'm not the useful kind of doctor. I'm like I like I have a biology PhD. I can't like save anybody on a plane who's having a heart attack or anything like that. 
So, yeah. it's still, it's a, it's an advanced degree of study and mastery that uh, got you that. And I know that you've studied reptiles in the past. You've you, you've done a whole bunch of other stuff. You're, explain your background before we get to space stuff, because I, I want to know about the Chinese uh, Dragon Three thing or whatever. Then there's also the Artemis, which we're talking about going to the moon, and, and then there's probably some other stuff I don't even know about because that's your wheelhouse. Yeah, there's always stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I used to be just like a, a wildlife biologist. So yeah, I did, like I used to go around in, in the deserts of the southwestern U.S. and in Australia too. That's where I did my PhD, looking for lizards and snakes and trying to figure out how they lived and how some of them evolved their really cool sort of lifestyles and and, and kind of hunting strategies. That's like what I looked at. But that that was like another life. And now now I look for for rockets and stuff to like right about now. So. I, I mean, I don't want. I don't want to say this is like therapy, but I'm curious about this. We've not discussed it before, and I know it's not why we, we called, but I, while I have you here, we're going to ask some probing questions. And you can hang up at any point, but I'm kind of curious. What was it that took you from the, the bush in the outback of Australia, which, by the way, did you have a hard time understanding half of what they were saying, and how was the Australian beverages of an adult nature? I've had a Aust- uh, party with some Australians, and those people drink. Yeah, and when you're in... But the sort of rural regions, that's especially true. That's probably true any, in, in any country, just because when you get into the country, there's not as much to do. So <laughs> that's <more> true. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I like really enjoyed Australia. I thought it was a really, it's, it's just such a fun culture. The people there were so nice, so down to earth. And it was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like similar, but, but different in, in, in lots of interesting ways. Um, I mean, people speak English, but it's obviously, it's a very different type of English and, it's just yeah they've they've got they've they've got a different attitude it's more um it's more like kind of like not not the live to work kind of thing that we get drilled into us here in the US it's more of like more, yeah more of like a work to to live sort of thing there's a lot more holidays and people don't i mean it's not like a virtue to kind of kill yourself to 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 do it for the boss and stuff like that you know what i mean and it's the japanese are really uh, that culture for frankly i mean they'll like do that and then like kill themselves uh, i mean there's big news yeah. about that on a regular basis I, I watch way too much news and, and hear about it and i'm like holy moly that's crazy uh, or holy crap yeah. and i actually probably say other stuff but it's the radio show you know what i'm saying uh mike <laughs> wall from space.com with sterling on the big one so before we carry on th- here's the other thing so you're out in the bush in the middle of nowhere outback australia mike and there's tons of stuff you're studying these creatures there's spiders like the size of a human head that are, or maybe exaggerating only minimally there's a lot of snakes and stuff that are out there that will kill you what the hell were you doing yeah i i i like really like snakes you know that's that's what i wanted to study i was not i was not one of those people i'm not like one of those cowboy people who tries to free handle the most venomous snakes in the world, which uh, most of them are in Australia. I was not that sort of person, but I'm, I'm really interested in it's just something cool. It's like ever since I was a kid, just how they move. They're just, they're, they're just so cool. They're so alien, but so, but also just like so smooth. And so, yeah, just like, they're just really, really interesting creatures. And I've just been fascinated by them for as long as I can remember. I, I just, uh, I mean, but I, I just know there's a lot of like really dangerous animal stuff in the middle of nowhere, Australia. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've yeah. had like big wolf spiders in the house, and then I have to weigh my options. Like, maybe I'll stay in the garage tonight. You know what I mean? You are out there hanging out, probably like in a tent, studying these things. And, and, and 
I have to have all kinds of sidearms, weaponry, things like that. I, I mean, I don't know, rocks, you know, pulleys, spears. I don't know. How, how do you deal with that? Because your food, your food, you're on the lower end of the food chain when you're out in the middle of nowhere. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, it's, it's, it's different. If, I mean, if you're talking about like a saltwater crocodile, which they also have in Australia. Yeah. You like you are food for them. You don't want to get into like any kind of river or any kind of estuary where there are saltwater crocs because they will try to eat you. But it's like different <laughs> with snakes. You know? They aren't, they aren't going to try to eat you. I mean, unless you're talking about like a, like a giant rock python or something like that, which they don't have there. But, um, I mean, if it's a just like a five-foot-long brown snake, which is extremely venomous, but they, they don't want to eat you. They, they, they want to get away from you. So the only time you really get bit is if you step on one or you surprise one or you corner one. So it's just, it's just one of those things. I mean, if you just watch your step and you're careful with what you're doing, you're not going to, like, get bit. I mean, most of the people who end up getting bit are trying to handle them, and they're mostly males between the ages of, like, 15 and 30, and a lot of times have been drinking. So that's, that's sort of like a universal truth. A whole lot of trouble I've been in in that situation, especially in that age group. You're absolutely right. It, it, some people yeah. end up with, like, families as a result of that, but that's a whole other conversation. So how do you go from <laughs> Australia in the bush to then going, okay, enough with Earth stuff. What about space? Because now you here you are. I won't call you a doctor, uh, but uh, still just the same, Mike D. Wall. You're all about space and stuff. How do you make that leap literally and figuratively yeah well I've, I've been interested in astronomy and stuff for my life for my whole life too i took some classes in college and that but also i i wanted to be like i wanted to make the switch from like being a scientist to being a writer being a journalist and and um so i just i, I ended up making that switch and one of the first jobs that i got offered was at space.com and it was one of those things i didn't necessarily know that i was going to be a space flight an astronomy writer but i wanted to be a science writer so i took that job and I found it really, really interesting, and I've stuck with it, and it's been extremely interesting. Like, the past kind of decade, what has happened in space flight and space science has just been really, really crazy and interesting. As we've talked about, like, again, multiple times, all the crazy stuff and cool stuff that's been happening with astronomy lately and space flight. So, yeah, it's just been a really interesting ride. It's crazy. And now it's like soon to be more or less like a tourism thing, which is just bewildering. I don't know how affordable it will be, but, I, I mean, now you could have a neighbor. They could, you know, be, hey, oh, yeah, what'd you do last week? In fact, there's a guy from right here who was up in space not long ago who's a big real estate mogul who could be going back soon, apparently, doing stuff, which is just craziness. Um, yeah, yeah. It's still a ways away from the rest of us being able to afford it, but they're – there, on, on some of the recent, on, on yeah, some of the recent, like just the kind of space tourism flights Blue Origin has done. That's that's yeah, that's the space flight company Jeff Bezos runs. Yeah. There have been some some nonprofit organizations that have actually they've given seats away. You know, they bought seats from Blue Origin and then just like given them away to people who have sh have the promise to be exceptional leaders and bring this sort of bring the experience of space flight down to earth for people who can't afford to go. So there, there are things like that where if you can apply and maybe you can win a contest and go to space, there, there was another guy went up, one of the guys who, who actually founded the, 
like Dude Perfect YouTube channel, which a lot of people like to watch, you know, the, like a bunch of trick shots and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, he actually great. Went, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. And, and so he went up on the last floors and like, um, like one of the founders of Dude Perfect and he got voted on in some online contest. So there are ways to go on if you're not super rich, but you have to be either super lucky or super popular still. So. I, I don't know that I'm either, so I'm screwed. But we're all like <laughs> snowflakes and individuals, right? So, I, I mean, we all have a shot is what you're saying. Or no, not really. Yeah, well, we all have a shot to, to lottery, too. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Exactly. I could hit the lottery yeah. or get hit by, like, space trash or, or something along those lines. <laughs> I mean, either way you look at it, yeah, we could get there. All right. Now, Mike Wall from Space.com, Sterling on the big one. Now, let's switch to a little bit of, like, stuff that's going on. Uh, first of all, explain this to me. Because they, they've had the space shuttle, and then it was retired. And they're working on, like, new reusable craft. And we know about it being outsourced to a point. You've got, like, SpaceX stuff, Blue Origin, and reusable stuff, and, and all the cool things that go along with it. But these spacesuits, many of them are generations old, or at least generations old technology. And they've had problems with it, including the Russians on a spacewalk that was just cut short as a result of it. What What is going on with that? You'd think with all the advances, they'd be doing something better than something that's decades-old technology. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting. Yeah, there was a Russian spacewalk today. There were two cosmonauts who were supposed to go outside for for two and a half, or for for actually six and a half hours outside the space station, but they had to cut it short after about two hours because, like, the battery, it seemed like it failed on one of the the cosmonaut suits. And, And, like, we've seen NASA astronauts have to cut cut their spacewalk short recently on, on a couple different occasions. There's there were a couple times when like there were water leaks inside like an astronaut suit and that's obviously like a pretty bad thing if yeah, your not helmet good. starts to Water. Yeah, I mean, especially because it's cold out there, right? I mean, you can, not only will it freeze and kill you, then you could have liquid to freeze and kill you. I mean, I don't. It's very bad, very bad. Yeah, it's more like you you would you worry about suffocating because actually water is is one of the coolants. You know, they've 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 got a coolant system that that runs through the the like suit to keep the astronauts from overheating because right. when you're in the like direct sunlight up there, you heat up really fast. It's uh, it's um, really yeah, like hot uh, and cold, right? I mean, the yin and yang of that is that you will burn up or you will freeze solid quick. Yeah, yeah, and it happens really fast because there's no atmosphere. So if you're in direct sunlight, you roast, and if you're in the dark, you you freeze because there's no there's no air to trap the heat, and there's there's like nothing to actually radiate heat away. So um, yeah, it's 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 a good point, and that's something NASA is trying to deal with because. Um, as we'll probably talk about, you know, with, with the whole Artemis program, they're working to get astronauts to the moon in about three or four years from now. And they're trying to figure out what suits to use and how best to build them. And like some of these suits they've been using for spacewalks outside the space station, now that's much, much easier to do, quote unquote. It's not easy, but it's easier than, than designing a suit that's going to have to withstand like a moonwalk and be like three days away from Earth if something goes wrong. You know, like that's a that's a whole nother kind of order of, of magnitude that the suit has to be that, that much more reliable. You know what I mean? So it is a bit of a worry that um, some of the space suit tech seems to be like less than a hundred percent reliable. Redundancy uh, with equipment, even for broadcast, like we are here uh, doing what we do with a 50,000 watt clear channel stick, 38 States after dark. Then you think about the iHeartRadio app and uh, streaming. We're global. I mean, maybe even on the space station. I don't know. These people have to listen to something, I suppose. Uh, Mike D. Wall <laughs> from space.com. So they're, they're still working on space suit stuff. And you mentioned the moon thing. The Artemis one rocket is rolled in and back and forth 
Uh, that's soon to be launching. It's a, is that an unmanned thing they're going to do soon? And then sooner than later, of course, there'll be a, a crew of humans from America that'll be making their way back there at some point, right? Yeah, this is the – we're 12 days away. It's supposed to launch on, the, on, on actually August 29th on the Artemis One mission. And there, there won't be people aboard, but it's like – it's a flight test of this giant rocket called the Space Launch System and the new crew capsule that Orion's using – or that, that the NASA's using called Orion. And it basically, it's, it's, it's going to launch – like the, the Space Launch System is going to launch the Orion capsule – and which is going to make its way to, to lunar orbit. And it's going to stay stay in orbit around the moon and then come back to Earth. And, and the entire mission is, is supposed to last like 42 days. So it's just basically, it's like a shakedown cruise to make sure that the rocket and the capsule can like do a deep space mission to the moon and not screw up and not blow up and can actually... That's kind of important, crap. right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want... Yeah. Like an oops in that situation is not like, oh, I blew a tire, which can be dangerous enough if you're on 71 or 75 or the 5, not far from where you are in yeah. the Bay Area, right? Uh, but yeah. you, you know, you can be okay and pull over. There is no pulling over up there. No. And so they're going to do this test flight, and if, like, if everything goes well with Artemis 1, then they're going to be astronauts on board next time, which will be like the same mission that Artemis 1 is, you know, just go to lunar orbit, but there will be astronauts on board. And that's going to be like 2024-ish, hopefully. And then after that will be Artemis 3 and in 2025 or 26, and that will actually take astronauts down to the moon surface for the first time since Apollo 17 in 1972. Are they going to leave somebody on board like they did the first time around where they had, I mean, what, what about, I mean, what a horrible, I'd be the guy stuck on board, right? And the other guys get to go down there, hit golf balls, plant flags, hang out, gather some dirt and stuff. And then you're just like, yeah, hanging out. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm not sure. I, I don't think we've gotten like, like a detailed mission architecture from NASA about what Artemis 3 is going to look like. I, I would assume all of them will go down to the lunar surface, but I'm not not really sure. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see what, what they're thinking about that. But yeah, that's like a ways away. Long we way. need it perfectly well on Artemis 1 and Artemis 2 um, for that to even be like kind of like in the offing. You know, it, I mean, you were talking earlier about um, how any mistake is going to be catastrophic, and that's that's true. But it's also something like that's one of the big challenges toward actually doing big, ambitious space exploration, right, is, is our aversion to failure and our aversion to risk. And, I mean, that's, that's a good thing and it's a natural thing. But if we really want to do big, big things like put people on Mars for the long term, do, do a lunar colony, we, like we're going to have to expect that we're going to lose a couple people along the way. Things are going to go wrong, and it's going to test. It's just going to be a test of how committed we are to those goals. I'm not saying we should be or shouldn't be, but like how like committed are we to those goals? Because we're going to have to tolerate some some disasters along the way if we want to do it. Well, you take the hit for the greater good, effectively, right? Is the idea. I mean, and of all the ways to go out, I mean, I could uh, walk. The elevator could open, and I could fall to my death if it's not there, and I'm not paying attention to the elevator car being available. Or I could get blown up or sucked into the you know the abyss of space and go. Well, man, Sterling went out like a champ. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. That's like one of the reasons why NASA moves so slowly with its human spaceflight program, or too slowly for some people anyway, is because they they are extremely risk averse, and that's that's a good thing. It means that they actually value human life. Um, but 
it, but it also it's the cost of doing business, though, too. I mean, it, 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 again, yeah. big there's a big risk and big steps, and that's the nature of it. I mean, think of all the people that lost their lives on the way and sacrificed themselves just to get there, or I mean, just just from flight with those guys from Dayton, the brothers right. I mean, it, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Mike D. Wall that's from Space.com uh, was Sterling on the big one. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to reintroduce you so people knew who I was talking to. No, no, no. That's what, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to. I was just going to say that's going to be interesting because um, there are different attitudes toward that, toward risk aversion. You know, when like we're starting to see private, yeah, private companies like, for instance, SpaceX wants to colonize Mars. Right. And I think their basic ethos is not as risk averse as NASA's is. So they will probably be sending people more kind of, more kind of readily than than NASA will be on missions to Mars and people will be filling out a bunch of waivers saying I will not do <laughs> Yeah, it's just like if, when we have a contest here. Yeah. Please sign we're not responsible for this or that. Good luck. Yeah. I mean but it's yeah. it's a lot more risk going there. Uh, look we're short on time. My time management is poor and but I, we got to know you a little bit better and we know some more space stuff and, and that's a good thing. And I, I want to know about this cuz this is more important to me than anything else and for once this is about me because when you get a show as people do everyone will uh, at some point then they can do it uh tell me uh, and i have a neighbor who's all freaked out about this keeps telling me about like you know electric uh, uh geomagnetic uh, storms and uh, uh emts or whatever it's called uh what about the sun solar burst in a hole in the sun that could trigger a geomagnetic storm that my neighbor apparently is planning for and i, I i'm not prepared you have about 45 seconds there explain it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't think you need to worry about any one particular storm that's hap- that's that's happening anytime soon but i mean it's it's definitely like a big risk over the long haul like over the decades over the centuries i mean there was one solar storm in, in 1859 called um that famously if it happened today in a much much more technological society it would like have caused mayhem it would have shorted out so many of our electromagnetic the kind of devices and our and our satellite navigation and and yeah it was like 160 years ago and i mean who knows how often those events occur but it's definitely something that that could happen but i'm not saying you need to go into your bunker and plan for it now because we just don't don't know how often those, those types of things occur i've got a neighbor who's planning and he does have a bunker it's a cargo container underground uh, I, I kid you not and he, he tells me that i i can get in but, but if, if all hell happens what's the likelihood i'm going to be able to get there I mean, <laughs> that's, yeah every, no, uh, everything's probably fine yeah uh, well, listen thanks for making time it's always good to talk to you it's been a while we'll do it again soon uh, as long as you feel comfortable doing it uh from space.com don't call him a doctor but he is the boss mike d wall thank you my man take care of your Yourself. Yep, yep. All right. That's uh, your thing. I'll talk to you. You're a good man. We'll come back here. 11 o'clock report straight away. Rob Carpenter has another hour to go. Uh, Sterling on the home of the Reds, 700 WLW Cincinnati. I've hated him since the first time she brought him home. He's a good boy. He was just a little nervous. Nervous? He stank. He didn't even know how to use a fork and a knife. Well, he's going to be family soon. Not if I could help it. Not if I could help it. Not if I could help it. My daughter's marrying Bigfoot, the podcast. There are a lot of shows to listen to these days. Make sure it's a show worth your time. I suggest The Scott Sloan Show. I face the same problems you do. So let's talk about it and have a little fun along the way. Check out Sloaney tomorrow morning at 9 on 700 WLW. And be sure to catch his podcast on the iHeartRadio app. 
Bloomberg Crypto is the new daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio that tackles everything from Bitcoin to bored apes. For this Wednesday night, Sterling, 700 WLW. Glad you're along. A little bit later, conversation had with Charlie Goldsmith, the Inquirer, talking about Reds, Bengals, Votto, Burrow. Two guys, different types of injury situations, looking for a comeback. One just announcing it, done for the rest of the year, looking to come back a healthy, stronger, like a $6 million man come spring. The other guy kicking around, throwing some passes, and trying to gain mass quantities of weight. Here's what I want to know. I'm going to call an audible because I can. Uh, and I got two things, but I'm thinking about this. So Joe Burrow apparently lost, like, was it 20 pounds, if I'm not mistaken? Um, which is a, a lot of weight. And he, I mean, he's, he's a strapping young man, quarterback, AFC champion, you know, head man in charge, behind center for those football Bengals at Paycor Stadium. Used to be PBS. And, and, I, and I started thinking about it, and he said he was, like, eating everything, right? Or he needs to. Here, here's my question. How would you go about trying to gain 20 pounds fast? And apparently, I mean, as active as he is and everything else, other than trying to not, like, uh, cause damage to, to where that appendix uh, was taken out after it ruptured, burst, which is very scary, by the way. We found that out, out earlier, too. That, that was, we just thought it was, like, you know, gone bad. Like, you know, all oh, the alternator's not working right. Get a new one. Uh, but it, it apparently quit, which is, can be a pretty uh, uncomfortable, bad scenario. What I want to know is what would you do how, if you've had to gain weight? I remember my mother telling me this, um, like when she was pregnant with me, she had to like gain a bunch of weight aside from like a baby sterling in her at the time, which is, I mean, you know, because we babies are like parasites. We just we take everything out of a woman and, and then, you know, hopefully after like nine months, they squeeze us out. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, that's what happens. And, and then, you know, depending, you know, you got a you got a baby. It, it's like uh, some heft. So she was she had like uh, I think it was strep throat or something and, and lost a bunch of weight, but was still pregnant with me and, and had to. She was telling me she had to drink like she was drinking milkshakes like every day, like chocolate or vanilla milkshakes occasionally strawberry milkshake like uh, sometimes pounding more than one a day and on top of like all kinds of other foods and stuff trying to gain weight so what is your recommend j uh, recommendation for joe burrow what would you recommend him to be eating to gain 20 pounds as quick as possible to get back in in uh, the weight uh, of fighting weight to be dealing with those uh defensive uh, players in the onslaught as they try to put him down on the ground and keep him from doing what he has done uh, surgically, which is uh, tear up some defenses across the NFL to hopefully find a way back to a Super Bowl again. Because, I mean, I, I can think of, okay, well, some steaks. I would think some milkshakes. I'd be eating some graters, that black uh, uh, raspberry chip ice cream. I, I would be uh, getting some tubs of that, I think. Uh, I, I mean, maybe some, I mean, thinking of like Cincinnati food, tri-state food, I'd be, I'd be like a Lee's, you know, uh, getting like three piece dinners, uh, with mashed potatoes and coleslaw. I, I think I'd be getting some White Castle, I mean, mask. And, and then here's the other thing though. You gotta, you know, you can't be too unhealthy with it. Cause then you go, oh, well, my arteries, I mean, he's a young guy, but 20 pounds, that's a lot of weight to put on. I don't, and, and it's probably, my guess is it's going to take a while, probably into the season, because, you know, there's only a couple more 
preseason games. They got the Giants this week, the Rams after that here at Paycor, and then and then it gets real with Pittsburgh. 513-749-7000, the big one. If you had to recommend, or maybe you've had to do this, and maybe you're a dietitian. I don't know. Maybe you've been through it. Most of the time, most people that I have ever talked to, um, what they had to do was lose weight. And then you think about all the stuff you can't have, all the stuff you got to cut back on. But to be in a situation where they say, look, you need to put on some pounds and do it fast, right? That's, I mean, I was, I was like a, a tubby kid for a bit. And uh, and I had horrible allergies, and they switched my diet for my allergies, and, and then I lost a bunch of weight. And I stopped drinking uh, soda for a while just because I lost the taste for it. And, and I lost like five, six pounds within no time just because I wasn't drinking the, the sugary carbonated beverage at the time, right? And, and uh, that's the other direction. So the thing about like gaining weight, I mean, uh, Skyline, I'd be getting like three ways and Greek salads. And a couple of that's my meal now. That's what I do. Not that anybody asked. And I'll do this similar thing, like you know, at some other chili places around, or even at home if I make it. It's like a three-way scenario and a big salad, and then maybe some conies, especially with that like the, the hot cheese, the habanero cheese. Oh my! Yeah. What would you, what if you had to recommend one thing? What would it be? For Joe Burrow to put on 20 pounds quick to get back to fighting shape, to get back behind center and get ready to go at it to defend that AFC North title on that AFC championship and hopefully get back to the Super Bowl again. 513-749-7800, the big one, at Sterling Radio on Twitter. To Westchester, Chris, uh, how are you? You're with Sterling on the big one. Fine, Dr. Sterling. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm thinking about food. Now I'm all hungry. I know me too. Now listen, if, if I was just his, his trainer and his doctor and I was concerned, I'd go, Joe, listen, all right, this is critical. You, you've got to put some weight on, my friend. I have three letters for you. U-D-F. Okay, now, you walk into U-D-F at 6 a.m., you order breakfast, you come back at noon, you order lunch, you come back at dinner, and you order you had dinner from U-D-F for two days. I have a feeling he'll have his 20 pounds back pretty damn quick. Now, it might not be the healthiest, but damn, is it going to be fun. Now, see, I immediately, here's the thing. Like, I like their soft-serve yogurt, right? But that's that's not, I mean, that's relatively healthy. You, you want to maybe go, or maybe if you eat enough of it, it doesn't matter. I don't I don't know. No, 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 you have to put, you got to put restrictions. You have to say, listen, first of all, unless it has the word malt in front of it, you're not allowed to touch it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay. a good, that's a good point. That says, in moderation in three you said three so we got that and what's the third well you, you just you, you, you then you just blow you just i mean you go home and you watch tape and you kick back and to, to top it all up you dust off a couple of bags of lays there you go what the hell your, your choice on the play but remember the package you cannot say salt free light sugar free fat there should be no free white or low zero carb it can have none of those words on the packaging that's a Otherwise, difficult thing. Yeah, that's a tough uh, putt. Chris, I, I appreciate I, the call. I, yep. I, try to tell, 
I, I, I try to tell that to a lot of my friends when they when they set up their man caves and they you go there for the game and the next thing you know they're serving you lightly salted chips and you know sugar free stuff. So, I'm sorry, but that's not a man cave. That's your daughter's bedroom. Okay, let's get real here, guys. Oh, oh, oh. oh I love uh, it, Chris. I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. All right, so if you've got to put on pounds and you've got to put pounds on fast. And here's the thing, though. I mean, he's going to have, like, expert advice and insight. But this is just everyday, just us hanging. Maybe, maybe you are an expert. I mean, I like to eat. I'm not the biggest guy in the world. Uh, but but I, I, as we were talking about this a while back when I, I had a, a little a case of the COVID. You know what I mean? Everybody's had a little taste. And thankfully, you know, it wasn't that bad. And, and I was sick. But the worst part about it, and I lost the sense of taste. Uh, and smell effectively for it was only a, about less than two days, which I know like a friend of mine's daughter, uh, when she was away at school in Columbus, she lost her sense of taste and smell. It, it took a couple of months for it to really come back and, and be like full force and consistent again. I, I think she's OK now. And she's graduated and, and moved on. It's been a couple of years now. And she's a, a new si- high school science teacher this year as everybody's going back to school. So uh, she, she's in, in full force there. So here, here's one. So there you go, Madeline. Um this is what I want to know. What would you be your recommendation, the go-to, if you had to gain 20 pounds like Joe Burrow? Or if you were recommending to Joe what to do? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Right? Steaks, conies, salt, uh, malts, and everything else. Because you got to be carefully do it, like, you know, healthfully. Otherwise, you could be, like, bloated and everything else, and then you can't, like, work right. And he's got to stay mobile and everything else. They're still trying to fix that left side of the line and get everything. And things are looking good. They got the New York football giants on the road this Sunday night. 513-749-7800, the big one. Quick break, come back, room for you. And then we'll talk to Charlie Goldsmith from the Inquirer about the Reds, about the Bengals on a Wednesday night, Sterling. 700-WLW. Hey, kids, listen up. Time for another story from Uncle Willie's big book of great Americans. Today, Walt Disney, the American dreamer. In the beginning, success eluded Walt, but with American guile, he gave it one more try. He created Mickey Mouse, and the money started rolling in. But Walt wanted more. He dreamed of places where families could vacation for $130 a head, pay $600 a night for a hotel room, and buy $20 hamburgers. And he created that also. Like me, Walt is a great American. You can be a great American, too. Listen to Bill Cunningham tomorrow at 12 noon on 700 WLW. Clown Parade is an anthology comedy podcast series presented by Will Ferrell, Bowen Yang, and Matt Rogers. Each month, you're a fresh comedic talent. Create a... Got about 60 or so tonight. Sunshine Free Thursday, 82. I'll be back here tomorrow night following Lance. He's got a full show with the Reds with a day off, a travel uh, day off to Pittsburgh, uh, kick back and do uh, maybe eat some scrapple and such. Uh, we'll talk to Bobby, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Charlie Goldsmith uh, about uh, the Reds and the Bengals. He covers both of the Inquirer. That coming up about 1135 conversation about uh, injuries, Avado and Joe Burrow and stuff. Uh, 85 or so on Friday, 84 on uh, Saturday, and right now 72, your severe weather station, 700 WLW. At Sterling Radio on Twitter, uh, I, I just tweeted this out here, give you a chance to sound off. 
Um, here's what I want to know, because uh, Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, uh, recovering from an appendectomy. Uh, apparently that thing ruptured. We heard about that earlier in the press conference, which we did not know until today. Um, and, and he's needing to put on some, some pounds, like 20 pounds, uh, to get back to uh, game weight, basically. He lost a lot of weight. I mean, it's a lot to deal with, uh, a lot of trauma to the body. What I want to know is what you recommend he eat to pack on the pounds. In short order, it doesn't necessarily have to be healthy. He's got to worry about that. Dietitians and his medical care uh, people have to. But to gain twenty pounds fast, what would you eat? Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one, pound seven hundred AT and T. Before we get to the phones, yeah, Dick has been holding on for a while. I want to mention this because this is just this is something why a lot of people try to save money in tough times. And inflation's been an issue and everything else. Uh, and a lot of people like to sneak stuff in. You know, you can take food into the ballpark and stuff like that to see those reds and, and others. Not everybody will let you do that. Uh, a lot of times, you know, the cost of uh, beverages, especially adult beverages, can be steep. There, this is just just crazy. There's a story uh, about a woman, and she's in the U.K., but I guess this, this is pretty much something that people do other places. Apparently, uh, she will strap on booze. In, in a container or some type of way to drink it out, like in a bladder of some sort, uh, when when she goes out to save money when she goes out on the town. I guess in lieu of someone buying her drinks, which I'm sure she would consume, it happens. I bought my share of cocktails in the past for women I've run into here or there or whatever. Uh, but she carries, she'll load it up and then sip at it when she's just in the club rather than coughing up cash, which is not good for the bar business. But then it got me wondering, in short order, what you've maybe done to save some money, too. That, that's a pretty dangerous way to, to deal with it and probably could get kicked out of a place. But you, you just never know. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. the big one. Dick's been holding on forever if he's still with us. Dick, you're with Sterling on the big one. How are you? Oh, there he is. He's been holding for a while. It's not good. Let's see. I think he's snoring. Yeah. You hear it again? Yeah. I figured he might know about putting on some weight, and he might be able to tell us about putting on some pounds, but apparently not with us. I hate that I could put him back on hold. He's been there for a while. I had other people to talk to, other stuff to get to, and but I think maybe i got to let him go. Yeah, we're gonna let, I hope he sleeps well and has sweet dreams. I, I could have told him like a bedtime story, but it's a little late for that. Then I start to wonder, man, was it my show or just the fact that he, he had to work all day or something like that? Like, I mean, you know, a long day. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's like Charlie Goldsmith, covered the red stuff, covered the Bengals camp today, and then talking to me. And you just don't know. It's one of those things. I'm still trying to imagine that. So, I mean, that's a lot of effort. I mean, if you're wanting to go out and to, to go out, that you go to the trouble of loading up a bladder or something that you strap to your leg. I mean, people will do that for drug tests. They'll, they'll get clean urine in a bladder in, in some type of uh, a, a fake appendage, a, a, a prosthetic, if you will. And I know this one because when I had to do drug testing for, believe it or not, not just a broadcast company, you don't expect it necessarily, but I've had it happen. I worked in the automotive industry for a while getting a drug test. Uh, makes sense maybe uh, in that situation because you're dealing with heavy machinery from time to time. But and you go in there, they wanted to be in the room when because they wanted either hair or they t- someplace took blood and then others would take urine. And they wanted to be in there. And I, I'm pee shy. I, I couldn't go. I'm like, I don't want anybody in here. Like, well, we got to make sure that you're not, like, faking it. I'm like, what? You, faking what? And they go, well, yeah, people come in here with a bladder full of fake urine, and, and then they'll use an appendage and act like they're going and give us somebody else's stuff. And, and I would think that's probably more common in, in some weird, sick way 
than somebody sneaking booze in in a bladder. I mean, rather than coughing up cash to get her to club. And it's a woman. And this is stereotypical on my part. Not a lot of guys get drinks bought for them. Sometimes we do, but it's not often. But a woman in a club, and maybe this woman, she's in the U.K., in Manchester specifically, maybe. I can't imagine it's that much different there. Like, you know, before you go to the U.K. at some point, if you're going to go out, they tell you, like, not to tip the bartender or, the you know, like the wait staff at, at a pub or whatever. And they get a, you just don't do it. It's a, it's a social faux pas, which is weird for me to process and wrap my brain around coming from here in the tri-state, in the Miami Valley, right? A, a kid from the United States. But I, I would imagine in the same respect, women would have guys or even women buying them drinks from time to time. But sneaking in with something you could just siphon out some booze as you're in the club is kind of a weird scenario. Maybe illegal drugs, but I wouldn't think you'd be doing that with alcohol. I don't know. You learn something every day. That's why I'm here is to help, uh, you know, spread the word and occasionally drop a nugget of insight to you. Make sense of this world we're living in. Speaking of nuggets of insight and, and news you can use that affects you, yours, and the tri-state and beyond, uh, Rob Carpenter with the 1130 Report. He's next. We'll come back after that. Charlie Goldsmith from the Inquirer conversation about Reds and Bengals with Sterling. That's me, Nation Station, what you're listening to. 700 WLW. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. The search continues for a new city manager. This is the 1130 Report. I'm Rob Carpenter. Breaking now with 700's Matt Reese. Mayor Aftab Purval was looking for the best and brightest for Cincinnati's city manager, and the search was nationwide. Turns out, a couple of locals, the interim manager, John Kerp, and the assistant manager, Cheryl Long, are the mayor's two finalists. Now council can question them and give feedback to the mayor, who makes the final recommendation. For the first time ever, we're, um, allowed, we're, we're asking council members to sit down individually uh, and then provide feedback to me personally. A council vote on the mayor's recommendation for city manager is expected in the next couple of weeks. I'm Matt Reese, News Radio 700 WLW. Traffic and weather together and looks like no major delays or accidents on the freeways. This go around side streets looking good as well. Now the latest forecast from the train heating and cooling weather center on News Radio 700 WLW. Heading into our Thursday daybreak, mostly clear, a 7 a.m. temperature of 61. The rest of our Thursday is going to be mostly sunny, my high of 83, and then clear and back down to 61. From your severe weather station, I'm 9 First Warning, Chief Meteorologist Steve Raleigh. News Radio 700 WLW. About 71 degrees, a motion has been filed requesting to have a felony conviction sealed. The attorney for Skyler Richardson filing a motion in Warren County requesting her abuse of a corpse conviction from 2019 be expunged. Back in 2017, Richardson, who was 18 at the time, secretly gave birth at her home in Carlisle, burying the remains. The jury did find her not guilty of aggravated murder, involuntary manslaughter, and child endangerment. Richardson was originally sentenced to three years of community control, later dropped by the judge who presided over her trial, saying with her charge being a low-level felony, having no prior criminal record, and being employed while attending school, she no longer required supervision from the probation department. I'm Sean Gallagher, News Radio 700, WLW. The 1-1, and there's a chopper up the middle. Through in the center field, base hit. 
Here comes Almora around third. Throw to the plate. Not in time. Jose Barrero singles through the middle and wins it for the Reds. Yes, sir. Good job, young man. 700 WLW Sports. After an excellent start from Nick Lodolo, even though he doesn't get a decision, the Reds walk off on a game-winning single in the center field off the bat of Jose Barrero, singling home Albert Almora Jr. in the bottom of the ninth inning to break his scoreless tie and send the Reds away on a 10-game road trip with a 1-0 win over the Phillies. Lodolo started the game and went seven shutout innings, striking out eight. It was a career-high seven innings pitched for Nick Lodolo. Now the Reds will enjoy an off day in Cincinnati before hitting the road to Pittsburgh to open up a three-game series with the Pirates on Friday. First pitch is 7.05. Airtime is 6.35 across the Reds radio network. Sounds good. Thank you, Tommy. Walmart, CVS, and Walgreens are being ruled to pay over $650 million to two Ohio counties as part of damages related to the opioid crisis. The totals are set to be split among Lake and Trumbull counties, both in northeast Ohio, with Trumbull getting almost $40 million more. The three companies were found liable for roles in the opioid epidemic in both counties last November with a lawsuit alleging they abused their position as registered dispensers of controlled drugs to, quote, foster a black market for prescription drugs, end quote. I'm Rob Carpenter. Your next update at midnight. Breaking news anytime. News Radio 700 WLW. The Sentinel Group sponsors this paid advertisement for legal services and is responsible for a truck and straw hat that's going to be coming out soon. Like it's September 3rd, big giveaway. I don't have one, but I'm going to be getting one, I hope. Uh, but Charlie Goldsmith, how are you? Welcome back to 700 WLW with Sterling. You're everywhere all the time. You're out of control. Hello? Charlie? Uh-oh. We're having, you're, I don't know. He's in, a, he's in a bad cell. I don't know. Charlie? Or, I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, I can hear you now. That's a beautiful thing. For a minute, I thought we were going to have to like go in search of like the dead Leonard Nimoy, like an X-File. I was very worried. Uh, maybe you were lost at a Paycor Stadium. I know you were there earlier. Uh, and then, of course, you covered the Reds. Uh, you're okay, though. Everything's fine? I'm good. How about you? <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Let, let's immediately start with uh, Reds on getaway day. Uh, they beat the Phillies one nothing today, so they salvage one out of that uh, series, and then uh, they're off to the Berg, as I like to call it, home of Scrapple and, and more PNC Park. They'll be taking on the Pirates uh, in their place in Pittsburgh for the weekend after a Thursday night off, uh, and day off for that matter. Uh, Joey Votto, uh, pretty big news after the game, comes out and talks about a rotator cuff tear. Now, I had a rotator cuff injury. I immediately got sympathy paid. I remember waking up when I, I felt that misery, and, and I couldn't do anything. He's been playing for how long with this injury nagging him? Do we know for sure? He said, really, it all dates back to a collision at first base in 2015. He said he's had different strategies since then to keep the strength, to keep the consistency, to keep the power. And obviously, if you look at from 2015 through 2021, he's had stretches and long stretches where he's been one of the best hitters in baseball. But in 2022, it's been the toughest year of his career. The line that stuck with me is how Votto said that, you know, he, he felt it when he was sleeping and he had trouble sleeping because of it. Yep. It was harder for him to make adjustments. And now in the longest on-baseless streak of, uh, streak of his career, he reached the point where he said, all right, and multiple doctors as well said, it's time you need to get the surgery. And that's how we reached this point. 
It's a, it's a serious thing, and I remember that's how I found out that I had the rotator cuff problem is I woke up and felt like somebody was trying to, like, knife my shoulder off at the joint there like they were cleaning or, you know, and boning a chicken, which is not good. Um, so he's dealt with this off and on in some fashion for some seven years before finally, you know, to the point where we're not being able to function as you'd like. But it's amazing that he was performing at that level and trying to adapt it to the circumstance. Um, surgery, you said, is, is that right? Expected, was it Friday, perhaps? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's the expectation. And Vado today was speaking about a six-month recovery process. That would put him on track to be ready for the start of spring training next season. There you go. And uh, he's still obviously under contract. They owe him a good bit of money. Uh, I heard during the press conference, I watched a little of that this afternoon. Um, uh, apparently, you know, the question about, like, is it over or not over is what some people are saying even on social media. I mean, even the level that he's been playing on uh, last year, obviously, was something special. This year has been struggling. I mean, there's no doubt that. With a successful outcome of the surgery, he should be able to get back to it and hopefully ready for spring to perform at, at a level better than most humans, we would think, yes or no? That's the expectation. I think that's where Joey Votto's focus is as well. You know, he, I've had some interesting conversations with him about the pride he takes in in making the Reds' investment in him that they made uh, eight years or nine years ago, ten years ago now in 2012. He takes a lot of pride in making sure he's, doing his part of that deal. He takes a lot of pride in now completing that deal as last year would be the last year that he would be guaranteed under that contract. That really means a lot to Votto, and it's a reason I think retirement is not likely at this point because how much Votto has spoken about the fact that he really takes pride in now reaching the end of this huge pact he signed in 2012. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly at this point looking to be a Hall of Famer, uh, not just uh, downtown at GABP there, uh, but in Cooperstown, one would think. And certainly we wish him the best to get through that. Uh, it's got to be a tough thing. Uh, Charlie Goldsmith uh, covers the Reds uh, for the Inquirer as well as the Bengals. Uh, before we shift to uh, Who Day Speak and Joe Burrow and uh, his appendix. Oh, oh my God. I'm a... Uh, Elliot's lost his mind. Hey, okay, all right, all right. Put the tiger back. It almost sounded like a hippo sound. I was very confused by that, uh, Charlie. I'm sorry. Uh, very disconcerting. Uh, we'll talk about the appendix. There was news there that we didn't know also uh, about his injury that uh, just sort of uh, came out today, which is pretty interesting. But before we get to that, uh, looking at these reds, Moving ahead, this obviously full-on teardown and youth movement kind of scenario. Uh, do we know how they're going to address the situation with Votto being gone the rest of the way out? I, I mean, there's still a good bit of baseball to be played in, in the midst of what has been a, a painful one when it comes to wins and losses, especially uh, the month of April where they were three for April. <laughs> the rest of the way, they've been a little bit better. But uh, since the trade deadline, obviously, and all those moves, they, they have uh, struggled mightily. So, as you asked about replacing Votto at first base, I think in the short term, Mike Moustakis is the most likely candidate. He's been hitting. He's been making really positive progress from a calf injury, and he's very close to returning. But kind of as you mentioned, the youth movement, 
uh, a prospect in AAA who they got back as the centerpiece from the Tyler Malley deal. I'll look out for infielder Spencer Steer between now and the end of the year. Obviously, unfortunately, Votto is injured and won't be able to fill those at-bats in the middle of the red lineup. It does create an opportunity in the infield. And I honestly would expect at some point between now and the end of September, Steer to kind of be someone who could step up into some opportunities in the infield and start to show what he could do in the major league level. Uh, what should we know uh, about these Reds right now that's in your mind uh, looking at them? We, we saw, obviously, Barrero get a, a game-winning walk-off kind of uh, scenario, uh, something else under his belt as he's tried to find his bat after coming on strong You know, when he first came back up. Um, what else do we need to know before we shift to Bengal speak? Yeah, I mean, this rest of the season is, as you mentioned, about the youth movement, figuring out who the pillars that are going to be on the next contending Reds team are. So I've got my focus on India, Barrero, you know, maybe one last chance for Aquino, an important stretch for Senzel, and then the trio of standout rookie starting pitchers, one of them, Nick Lodolo, had his most dominant game of his career today. Yeah, it was huge. Uh, you know, a playoff contending team, the Phillies uh, at this point, uh, and, and basically shut them out, uh, which is pretty impressive. Lodolo's been great. Ashcraft, I think, gets the start on, on uh, Friday, if I'm not mistaken. And he's been, man, what, what a fun guy to watch. And, and, and how surprised have people been about Ashcraft and his performance at this point? I mean, like you said, these three guys that they've had uh, that are kids effectively coming out here and really showing some good work. Yeah, Green was a first-round pick. Ladola was a first-round pick. But Ashcraft was a guy who had to transfer because his first two years of college, he couldn't get a shot in the rotation, then dealt with injuries, then had like a six ERA UAB, then had to – missed 2020 because of the pandemic and had a really breakthrough year in the minors last year. And he comes up in the majors this year and is in a lot of ways going toe for toe with, uh, with green and Lodolo. And there's a lot to like about a really unique sinker and a really unique cutter that he brings to the table. And Diaz uh, certainly looked pretty strong uh, today and uh, just in general has overall coming out of the bullpen too, which they've had their struggles there, but little bit by little bit, but it, it, it's hard to watch, but you got to sort of just have your mind right and set on what they're actually doing. Charlie Goldsmith uh, covers threads for the, uh, for the Inquirer, Also the Bengals. I heard you talking to, to Ed and uh, in for uh, rock earlier, Jason, uh, you were hanging out by the elevators, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there was some big conversation and, and news sort of came out in, in Joe Burrow uh, talking to the media about the fact that it wasn't just an appendectomy, but he had a ruptured appendix. That, that's a, a pretty significant issue beyond just having that thing locked out of there. Uh, how is he doing? I, he was throwing the ball, I think, with Jamar Chase a, bit, a little bit today, too. Well, he's good now, but what was really interesting for him to, to hear him speak about was how much weight he lost. Yep. And now one of his biggest focuses now is rebuilding that weight, rebuilding that strength. He threw the ball great today. And, you know, I think this is the best practice I've ever seen from Jamar Chase and Burrow together with that connection. But still, he specifically said he needs to add more velocity to his passes. He's still in the process of ramping up and returning to the full quarterback he believes he can be. Uh, but overall, today was a positive sign. If this, if this was just a baseline what the Bengals can expect explosive plays wise from Joe Burrow. It certainly was a good start. Uh, 20 pounds to gain, I think is what he was saying, right? And he's eating everything, which I would say there'd be a whole lot of that uh, Burrow steak and maybe some graters and, and, and maybe some getta. God only knows everything. Uh, 20 pounds, that's a lot of weight. And you mentioned also when you think about the core in the midsection and throwing the football and being able to get some distance and some speed on it. Uh, that's everything in your midsection where that surgery took place. So, I mean, it's amazing that he's 
where he is now and hopefully, I mean, getting to, to where he needs to be to start the season. We don't expect him to, to get any play time during the rest of the, the preseason, correct? I don't expect anything in the preseason, but he's going to get something I think is even more important. The Rams are coming to, get out, coming to town for practice next week. Yep. They're going to be able to work on very specific situations at full speed against the Rams' best players, which you wouldn't be seeing in the preseason. So I think the Bengals are really targeting those as a massive opportunity for Burrow to get all the game-like reps he needs between now and the start of the season. Uh, he covers the Reds and the Houday Bengals uh, for the Inquirer. Charlie Goldsmith with Sterling on the big one. W- what else should we know about the Bengals at this point? Uh, I mean, wins and losses for preseason don't matter, but you hate to see a team lose. Uh, they got, uh, what, two more uh, preseason games uh, before it gets real uh, with uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and they've got the, the, the Rams with a little bit of a face-off here, like you said, next week. So what have I not asked? What else matters? I mean, it's one of these times now where like, the whole world is watching you know, this AFC championship defending you know, Super Bowl uh, contending team trying to find their way back. And, and, and there's a bit of drama, obviously, with a burst appendix and, and seeing the maturation of a Jamar Chase, which Burrow talked about, uh, and some other stuff going on, obviously, too. Yeah, my focus right now, every rep in practice, is who's lining up at left guard. It's a fascinating competition between Jackson Carmen, the former second-round pick, the Cincinnati guy who has every physical tool in the book, and Cordell Volson, a fourth-round pick from small school, North Dakota State, who the coaches have admitted doesn't really have those same physical traits, but makes up for it with his tenaciousness and the way he's understanding and picking up different complexities in the offense and the way he didn't look lost in the preseason game in a way that kind of Jackson Carmen did. They've sent Carmen a message this week by demoting him to some third string reps in mm. and out with the first team, but mostly third string, giving Volson every opportunity to become the starting left guard. And that's really just shifted this week as the Bengals really want to see more from Carmen, a guy who at one point they thought would be one of their biggest solutions on the interior offensive line. It's always interesting to see the rising and, and falling of guys, have, you know, good, uh, you know, uh, training uh, and not so good and injuries and, and everything else sort of, you know, a guy showing themselves that they didn't necessarily expect from places you wouldn't necessarily expect either uh, to end up being a, you know, a dominant force on, on a team that looks to, to contend, obviously, uh, for the AC uh, championship again, and certainly the AFC North, uh, one of the toughest in, in football. Uh, Bengals on the road. At the, the New York Football Giants, people will be taking that train in, uh, passing Long Branch Station and everything else on Sunday night on the NFL Network and here on the big one. Uh, are you going to that game? And what is it like for you on the road covering the Bengals? Final question. I will be there. My plan for New York this week, actually, is to not set foot in the city of New York. I love New York. I'll visit friends there multiple times a year. But the game's in New Jersey. Yep. I'm going to give myself a non-New York weekend. There's a nice Italian spot in Jersey City that I'm planning to go to. But I'll have more chances to go to New York, not necessarily on a work trip. That I'll plan to spend more time in the city. There you go. I remember uh, vacationing in the Jersey area, and it was a, a football Sunday, and the crowd taking the train up into you know the Meadowlands area it was just just amazing. All right, he's Charlie Goldsmith uh, from the Inquirer, covering the Reds and the Bengals. Sterling uh, coming back more seven hundred WLW. People have always craved entertainment. In the Middle Ages, jesters would entertain the king and his court. Did you hear about the king that was only 12 inches tall? A horrible king, but a great ruler. But it was a tough gig. Get it? Ruler? Today, we have something better. Eddie Fingers and Rocky Boyman. They're very entertaining, and few, if any, end up in a dungeon. 
Eddie and Rocky. Tomorrow afternoon at 3 on 700 WLW. Keep listening for the next chance to win your way to our iHeartRadio Music Festival September 23rd and 24th at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Tickets. Not done. Not quite yet. Elliot, keep me in line. Producing the show. Appreciate the help as always. In the distance, Rob Carpenter, the Midnight Report, ATN. That's, uh, I like the acronym, but I should tell you it's America's Trucking Network. Kevin Gordon, ready to roll. See what I did there? Trucks and rolling. Yeah, I'm a professional. <laughs> Or something. Anyway, uh, Kevin and ATN going to follow uh, the news after midnight. And uh, I, I talked to uh, Charlie uh, Goldsmith from the Inquirer about the Reds and Joey Votto and the rotator cuff tear and uh, them heading off to Pittsburgh for a weekend series at PNC Park. You'll hear those games starting Friday night here, 700 WLW. And I'll get you ready Saturday and Sunday afternoon after a short show Sunday and, and a full show uh, on Saturday afternoon into the evening uh, with the inside pitch. Uh, and Friday night, of course, uh, it'll be Lance. He has a full show tomorrow, which is a rarity. Uh, and I will follow him and, and do this again. So looking forward to it. But I had somebody message me say, Sterling, why don't you talk about the Western Southern Open tennis in Mason? I said, well, sure, I'll do that. Rafael Nadal fell earlier. Uh, it was, it was at 7-6-4-6-6-3, uh, to Borna Korik. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, he's a Croatian and he plays on. And of course, also, I think it was yesterday, Serena Williams, center court, uh, fell. Uh, one of her uh, last times to be playing at this point to talk is retirement after the U.S. Open in New York. Um, uh, but she made one last stop here in, in Cincinnati uh, and unfortunately uh, fell. But uh, what a career. I mean, just a, just a stellar career and been playing since basically she was like a hatchling, which is unbelievable. Uh, both uh, the sisters, William, which is just in- incredible. Uh, but Serena uh, on to the U.S. Open after uh, falling yesterday. And Rafinha it all uh, losing to Borna Korik uh, tonight. So there you go. That's just a, a little bit ago at a final there. Uh, well, let's see. Oh, I got to mention this because I, I, I teased it and then didn't get to it. And this is disturbing. I'd never heard of this before, but there's a new study. Uh, and mom used to smoke. Uh, well, she still smokes. But when I was a kid, I, I you know, I was at home, couldn't go anywhere. And, uh, you know, me in the car and the windows were up. Nobody cared. It was just smoking. Now, you, parents smoking in the car with the kid, you get pulled over. They want to send you to prison or something because, you know, you got the, all, all the smoke and the <laughs> coughing. And they say, hell, secondhand smoke can kill you, too. Now, thirdhand smoke. Never heard of it. Thirdhand smoke. Researchers say. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.